Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today is Daniel McAdams, our co-host. Daniel, good to see you today. How are you this morning, Dr. Paul? Good. Are you all set to go? Let's see what happens. Yeah, a lot of good stuff, huh? Yes, there's a lot out there. That's <laughs> Well, there's always a lot of good stuff out there. If we're trying to sort out truth from fiction, we have a big job. So yeah. uh, it's uh, always available out there because there's always a leak or two. And we'll point out today a, a little bit of frustration people have because there's people ganging up on our poor president. Oh, Don't they have any <coughs> empathy at all? They guy, hate America. Guy maybe has a problem. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, there's people, uh, you know, talking about him. And, you know, even our good friend who's usually very, very cautious and modest, Jonathan Turley, yeah. he, uh, he wrote a pr pretty... Pretty strong Pretty article, strong yeah. <laughs> and it was on Zero Hedge, and it says Biden picks up after journalist calls secret burner phone revealed in Hunter scandal. Oh, was, yeah. There was some exposure there, what was going on, uh, that I found uh, very fascinating. I'm going to call up at that in a little bit. But uh, uh, but Jonathan's whole pitch was that, um, interestingly enough, he, Jonathan, as a professor, professor and all, has been around a while when we sort of knew him early on when he was still very much involved in the university. But he, um, he, uh, he was saying that uh, when it comes to influence peddling, that nobody, nobody's superior to this guy. <laughs> but uh, uh, Jonathan was mentioning that he, he's been watching them years ago. I wrote about the, about the family, you know. Yeah. So, uh, and you know, it's, it shouldn't shock us at all that these people are corrupt because the system is corrupt and uh, it's not hard for them to leap if, you know, from a corrupt system over to personal corruption. And, uh, and then all of a sudden they have difficulty figuring out or even having a desire. Uh, truth sometimes is a hindrance to what they want to do. And they're, they're on a noble course, so they don't want any interference. If there's a war to be fought, we don't want to have any interference. So they uh, they keep it going, and they will come down on anybody that wants to talk about truth. And I think, uh, and we'll bring this up in a little bit, uh, that's sort of what kind of problem that uh, Robert Kennedy has, you know, because I, he's a credible person, and he's doing his best. But I don't think uh, the Biden team, uh, the family, the rest, uh, in, their, in their world— they're probably doing pretty good because it isn't like they've only done this for a week and got caught. They've done it. Have, have they just done it since uh, Joe has been president? No, it's been longer than that. It, it looks like it goes back decades yeah. where, where they were involved. And, you know, it's sort of like uh, once they go to get ingrained, they have an attitude that their superior never will be caught. And I think that that whole attitude was shared uh, with uh, Hillary. Yeah. His, and but Hillary, so far, nobody even talks about her anymore. And if you're, and you know, see, she did stuff that was equally as bad. Maybe you can make a comparison as the Biden. But certainly, there has been a big dis discrepancy, a difference between the uh, the dis disobedience to law and order and truth by Hillary compared to Trump. Uh, Trump is no angel, but I would say that, uh, uh, you know, the Department of Department of Justice and the FBI, which the, the Bidens and certainly this president has allowed to pursue. And fortunately, in a way, the stuff is so bad, people are waking up and they, they do want to hear more about uh, 
what, what is it? What's going on? And are the Republicans going to really clean it, uh, clean up the act? Yeah, it's interesting. You know, the question we've had before is what's driving this? Maybe the Democrats themselves are driving it. It's starting to creep into the mainstream media, although they're not talking about it yet on MSNBC. But as you point out, I, it's funny because I had the same thought as I was reading the Turley piece, because he's, he's generally very careful not to sound, and I don't think he is partisan at all. But in this, he was a little more pointed than we're used to. He was a little more, these guys are corrupt, and not only that, but they're the kings of corruption, which is pretty strong. And <coughs> this is a tweet that came out a couple days ago from Turley. He's had some very spicy tweets lately. And this, in this one, he said, the Oversight Committee has released another WhatsApp message. Now, that is um, from Hunter Biden's laptop, all of his messages. So the message said, the Bidens are the best I know at doing exactly what the chairman wants from this partnership, end quote. Turley says, this may be the most accurate statement ever uttered by Hunter Biden. <laughs> and if you go to the next one, this is a piece that came out that you're, you're referring to, Dr. Paul. The Beltway Goats. Of course, that means greatest of all time. Why Hunter is right. The Bidens are the best when it comes to influence peddling. And if you go to the next one, this is what um, <coughs> this is from the article. Um, the Bidens are best at doing exactly what the chairman wants. That's the quote that I read earlier. And he starts his column with that. The latest WhatsApp message from Hunter Biden to a Chinese businessman may be the perfect epitaph for the entire Biden corruption scandal. Indeed, it may be the most accurate statement ever made by Hunter Biden. This is precisely what the Bidens are best at, selling access and influence. Pretty strong statements uh, from Jonathan Turley on this, but he backs it up, as we'll show later. There was a recent episode and a clip on Zero Hedge today that I found entertaining. And that is uh, what journalist uh, John Solomon has done, who does a good job in trying to sort some of this stuff out. Uh, he um, he had heard that uh, Biden had, they, they discovered that Biden had a, a special phone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 300 bucks a month. It, wow. Top secret. He could call anybody. <laughs> you know what I was thinking about when I heard about this? You know, rights are supposed to be equal. If he has one, why can't we have one? Yeah. But we we can't have one because the government has to watch it. But if the government has one, who's going to watch the government? Yeah. Well, yeah. John Solomon wants him. He's going to contribute to it because he heard about this. And, uh, and, and John writes, one of those documents got leaked to me and it had a cell phone number that Hunter Biden was paying for. So I figured this was my chance. I've been trying to get fair, uh, get fair comment from Hunter Biden. So I'm going to call the cell phone. Solomon told Real American News. So I called the, called the number and guess who picked up the phone? Joe Biden. So <laughs> Joe Biden, Joe Biden, boy, was he shocked when he got, when he picked up the phone and found out who it was. <laughs> and Solomon continued adding, he hung up very quickly. <laughs> so, it, it, but that is something. I mean, he's probably had that phone all through the sen his Senate yeah. career. I, I wonder if there's been any inflation. Uh, they said he paid $300 a month wow, for this, and then they keep a record of it. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's where Solomon messed up. He should have put on a fake Chinese accent and yeah. started talking about business <laughs> because go. he would have had some something really <coughs> coming coming out of that. I had a couple of clips I wanted to play, Dr. Paul, <coughs> and I'll play him in a row, <coughs> these first three. Uh, now, the first one is the chairman of the House, uh, I believe, Oversight Committee or Ways and Means Committee, who's looking into this. And he's, he's talking about uh, what they have found in their probe. 
and it's pretty remarkable. Let's have a listen to this. And I think the first 27 seconds, what did I say? In yeah. those years, first, those yeah, IRS 20, whistleblower investigators claimed that Hunter Biden owed more than $300,000 in federal taxes for money that he received from uh, countries like China, Romania, Ukraine. I mean, some of the gifts and payments that Hunter Biden received included an $80,000 diamond, 140,000 plus Porsche. It's absolutely absurd. It's crazy. It's unacceptable. It shows how the wealthy and those politically connected to diamonds, Porsches, Man, it's too bad you didn't win, Dr. Paul. We'd, we'd be in the money. That sounds pretty good. Uh, then I had no time to help my garden. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the second one. Now, here's his spokesperson um, <clears throat> who really is a piece of work. But here's her uh, talking about, because, you know, the one WhatsApp, I'll just set it before we start it. The one WhatsApp was, was, a, was a Hunter Biden calling this Chinese businessman saying, hey, my dad's in the room and he's mad. Where's the money? Show me the money. Well, they asked her, well, is it still true what Joe Biden says, that he was never in the room, never knew anything about his son's business? Let's hear what she has to say. You've stated that the president stands by his comment from the 2020 campaign that he never once discussed his son's overseas business dealings with his son. And you stood at that podium yeah. and you reaffirmed that. Do you stand by your reaffirmation? I, what I will say is nothing has changed. Nothing has changed. Have you ever spoken to your son about his overseas business dealings? I've never spoken to my son about his overseas business dealings. I've never spoken to my son about his overseas business dealings. Yeah, I mean, it seems like they're getting nervous because here's Joe Biden yesterday. <clears throat> First of all, he did claim that Putin is losing the war in Iraq, which is slightly interesting. Uh, but then he went on after being questioned about his business dealings. He was asked about him being in the room with his son. And he seems to me to be a little bit nervous, a little bit irritable. Why don't you put that back in, Dr. Paul, and listen to the president for a second. Because it's a very quick clip, but you'll, you'll get a lot out of it, I think. President Biden, how involved were you in your son's Chinese shakedown text message? Were you sitting there? Were you involved? Were you involved? No. No. That's interesting, that final no, he can, yeah, that final no, he looked really mad. I would, I would agree with that. He was angry and didn't yeah. know how to handle it, so you just have to yell. Yeah, he didn't, so he didn't, <clears throat> he didn't, that didn't strike me as a very confident way of responding to these questions. And the questions are growing <clears throat> about the dealings, the millions of dollars that apparently have gone to all these shell companies, all of these different accounts, millions and millions, as the chairman of the committee said. I don't know if the walls are closing in on Biden. They kept saying that about Trump for years, but it does make you wonder uh, what's going on next with Biden. Yes, and you know, there's so much, it's corruption. They live in a different world because I don't think they uh, lie awake at night and say, boy, I sure wish I could get out of this <laughs> dealing all this corruption. Where, <laughs> how can I hide it better and get more? You know, it goes on and on. <clears throat> But as bad as what Biden has done, you know, with his, his personal finance and personal benefits, 
you know, I, I see the biggest corruption is the interference in the weaponization of the Department of Justice and the yeah. FBI. That's when you have a crooked cop. Yeah. And, and that is supposed to be the worst type of system because that will destroy a nation or a city or a town or a state if, if the police are crooked. And I think, uh, you, you know, the police forces at the border going south uh, aren't uh, thought to be run by honorable people. And, and look at the chaos there. So if you don't, if you can't trust the legal authorities, they're, they're worse than having none. Because if, uh, <clears throat> if there were absolutely none, I think there would be people, and if it were legal to have privatized, uh, you know, discipline and policing activity, it, it would work out. But when it's official and it's there and it's the FBI and they're respected and people want to be patriotic and they don't want to criticize, it's so important that uh, this, this, uh, this to me, when that is corrupted, you know, it's a downhill slide and uh, people who want to speak the truth are the enemy, you know, uh, they're, they're the ones who get the, uh, the, the worst the blame. So I think that's, uh, that's the biggest thing. But the other thing in combination with this that is a real problem is the people that do it, uh, you know, uh, lack uh, some, uh, some natural instincts to have a conscience about yeah, it. Yeah. They, have, they have no conscience. Uh, there's, I don't believe they have a feeling of guilt. Can anybody imagine that Hillary has a lot of trouble in seeing a psychiatrist? How am I going to handle my guilt? Yeah, no, <laughs> you know, it doesn't happen. Uh, they, but they don't sh show. They they aren't embarrassed. You know, like Hunter, he, he showed that he was still in charge. He goes to the state dinner. Yeah, and yeah. appears. I'm still it. I'm the. I haven't lost any mileage at all. And uh, but they they seem to have just no conscience at all. And uh, it it. It to me is a reflection of a society that has accepted nihilism, where they just give up. Yeah. Uh, tr tr truth is too difficult. It's hard to follow the truth, and and it's hard to agree on it. And uh, there is a certain amount of that. The truth is not an absolute. Everybody could say A, B, C, and that's the truth, and just shut up and don't talk. Truth is something you seek and you pursue, and you're either pursuing it or you're destroying it. And I think for a hundred years, and but more like in the last 20 or so that the systematic approach to destroying the whole principles of truth is our number one problem in the yeah. country applied you know socially economically religiously the, the whole way internationally too yeah. that that is what would have to be addressed if we want to see some improvement so i like to see articles like this that are trying to point out the nonsense even though this is a personal thing that we're talking about right now uh i i, I still think that it fits the pattern and uh, we should pay attention and as we were talking about before the show i mean you know, there's a, there's a lot of this uh, partisanship. Oh, we want to attack the Bidens because we want to get back in and all this nonsense. But the problem really is the system itself. The system has, the D.C. has become so huge and so enormous. And the amount of money going through, uh, you know, not just this, you know, dealing with the Chinese, what have you, but the whole military industrial complex. We talked about it a couple of weeks ago when this gentleman was on 60 Minutes saying, you wouldn't believe how corrupt the system is. Um, the whole system is corrupt, and that's the point of it. So it's not about a gotcha against Biden, although they seem particularly good at it, among other things that Hunter Biden seems to be good at, which we will not discuss, uh, but it's, it's the system. But, but you know, I think 
the, the half-decent politicians recognize this. It's a system and a problem, and they want to address it. But I don't think they address it right because I don't think they fully understand it. You make a strong point. It's the system itself. It's not the tinkering around on the edges and see who, who can run it. And sometimes they justify it. Well, there is a lot of chaos and a lot of dumb things done, but we, we have to play ball and get in there and play by their rules. And yeah. that's why if, if you go to Congress, uh, most of the ones that rise to the top are the ones who are the most likely to take the money from this military industrial complex yeah. and the whole whole works so but they come up with legislation and it's uh, notorious it's been around because it sounds so w wonderful have a we're going to wipe out waste fraud and abuse yeah. now who could vote against that yeah. well i don't know if i voted against it but i sure always would make a point this is not the issue and it's the yeah. issue you bring up you know it, it's the whole system that is that is going bad so it's, it's sort of like the Fed, the Fed creates problems and it's massive. So they come along and they say, oh yes, we did, that's true, we have a lot of problems. We need better regulations by the Congress, yeah. <laughs> you know? So they want more regulations to cover up the mistakes instead of saying, oh, maybe the problem is that, that the deficits are being monetized by a secret group of men and women that, that we're not allowed to know about. Yeah. And, uh, and, and that's where the problem, so they, I, I think your point is well taken, that you gotta go back to, to the source of this and what is the system doing? Because I think the founders understood that principle and that's why they devised and talked about a system that they thought would be better than anything else. And uh, as far as the theoretical part of the Constitution, uh, but they were also aware very much at that time that man had shortcomings and they would uh, probably abuse the system. And I'm afraid that's where we are, but that doesn't mean we shouldn't keep trying. Yeah. <laughs> well, I get to kind of get the sense that Jonathan Turley was thinking on the same lines when he wrote this in the column. Now let's skip ahead a couple to the one where I have a shaded, the one that's this is why many people, if we can, and put that clip up. We'll skip those couple. Here we go, thank you. So, and this is what he wrote in his column. I think it's kind of take off on what we were saying. This is why many people miss the point of Hunter Biden showing up after his criminal plea to a state dinner. That's what you pointed <laughs> out. And he truly continues. It was shocking for many to see Hunter whining and dining with the Washington elite. However, that is precisely the point. It was a collective celebration for a city where influence peddling is a cottage industry. Despite overwhelming evidence of corruption, Hunter was back in circulation. I think he was thinking on our lines. No wonder we respect John. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think he gets it so, for sure. No, that, that is something. And, um, and, and I think it's important. You say, well, that's just the detail. If you do get rid of the waste, fraud, and abuse, everything's going to be better. But uh, my my, uh, my my debate went that yes you can try and we should do it and we shouldn't be against getting rid of it but it won't solve the whole problem and i think jonathan understands that very clearly yeah well i think our next story for ready is kind of a you actually captured it perfectly when we were talking about it's kind of a mixed bag and this is the swiss and we've been pretty disappointed in the swiss for many things, and it didn't start with the Russia issue. It started with some currency stuff years ago yeah. that you were concerned about getting rid of gold. Uh, but put this next one on. This is something we noticed this morning. That's uh, on one hand, it's positive because if we can put that Swiss one up, here we go. Switzerland cites neutrality. <coughs> pardon me, in blocking nearly 100 German tanks for Ukraine. So the initial plan, they got a bunch of junky uh, 
uh, tanks that they're storing in Italy. God knows what they're like. They're out of commission. They were going to spruce them up a bit, <coughs> send them over to Germany, and Germany was going to go ahead and send them to Ukraine. Well, the uh, Swiss Parliament said no because of our stance on neutrality. They said this would be inconsistent with applicable law concerning arms de deliveries in an active conflict zone. So they nixed those hundred tanks to Ukraine. Yeah, and, and the policy is, is mixed too because, because they are uh, you know, giving up in their tradition and yet they thought, well, we can't do this. So we'll get them refurbished in Germany. Yeah, yeah probably with American money. Yeah. You know? oh, yeah. Uh, oh yeah. It's not gonna be done without our, our conceding at all. But you know, this little thing uh, about uh, you know conceding, Reagan, Reagan and I knew knew each other, and I knew him better than any of the presidents. But I didn't have any really close conversation. But I had a few. I was I was at the Gold Commission at the Treasury, and we were both going to be with him and other congressmen flying to Houston for a political event. So staff has said, well, you, maybe you should ask the president to take you out on a helicopter. And the staff said that up. I was surprised. <laughs> but it's, inter but it's interesting. <laughs> Reagan knew I was at the Gold Commission and came out. And he, he, he was sort of philosophic. He says, you know, any great country or decent country that goes off the, con uh, goes off the gold standard no longer remains great. Yeah. And he was referring to great nations. But you could use that. Uh, Switzerland was great because it yeah. had a policy that was different. And I can remember, even I know at least as a teenager, I could hear my parents talking about it, is talking about well, there's two countries in the world that are are, are neutral. They don't get involved in these wars. Yeah. Uh, at least uh, appearance of that. So, but but then then they went back, and now the system has changed, and it, it gets worse. Now now they so you know support all the sanctions. Yeah. You know this thing, they're not hesitating about sanctions because you know some of the Progressives, you know, they say, "Well, we won't send troops, but we're going to put a lot of sanctions on them," and not not being not being willing to uh, see the point that sanctions, in a way, is a uh, is an act of war. It's like a blockade. You're trying to punish some country, uh, and uh, that that I think is is missed because that is not an excuse. It's not a nice safe in between, because it I I would be willing to wager that if you took all the sanctions, that the sanctions led to worse troubles and more likely hostilities than no sanctions. Yeah, yeah. Well, you make th that point, and it's an important point, that this is why it's a mixed bag. And if we can skip ahead to the one that starts, but Switzerland certainly, it's a shorter clip. Let me just skip ahead one if we can. Oh, here we go. So this shows that, um, this is what we're talking about. This is why it's a mixed bag, and you're absolutely right, Dr. Paul. But Switzerland certainly has a clear stance on the Russia-Ukraine war, given it has joined and expanded European sanctions against Russian entities. Reuters confirmed Wednesday Switzerland has expanded financial and travel sanctions against Russian entities and persons in step with the most recent sanctions imposed by the EU on Moscow. Now, reading that, the first thing I thought about, Dr. Paul, was how, how disappointing and sad that is because by doing this, by joining in on the side, it doesn't matter how you feel about the war, Switzerland has brought itself out of the running of being an honest broker for peace because they're seen as being in on one side. If they could have maintained their historic neutrality, we could be talking now about a Swiss brokered peace deal. Hey, everyone come to Zurich, everyone come to Geneva, 
We've got some people here. We're neutral. We haven't been part of this, and we can talk it out. Now, they have nixed themselves from that important role. And it reminds me, many years ago, I was a Swiss American uh, Foundation young fellow. And so I went to the Swiss Embassy every year as a reunion of the uh, young leaders group there. And I remember walking by the uh, Iran interest section, the Cuban interest section, because we don't have relations with those two countries. They put themselves inside the Swiss Embassy because the Swiss were neutral. And I thought, how great this was that even though we, through I think a faulty policy, refused to have relations back then with these countries, at least the Swiss can facilitate talks if need be. And now they can't do this because of their stand. Well, you know, I mentioned that story about Reagan saying, you know, without sound money, greatness dis disappears. And that's happening to Swiss like all the other countries. But uh, it, it was confirmed just recently, there was a recent article out that uh, due to the conditions of the world and in Switzerland, watch sales have been way down. Yeah. So there's a recession hitting there. But uh, that's a little more complex than the other. But uh, yeah. I think the whole world is suffering from the fact that there's not sound money. One of the reasons why uh, I think we have a, a sort of artificial support for our dollar because everybody else is just that much worse. And, yeah. and that's why this lingers and lasts longer. But the way we run up the deficits and uh, they're starting to write articles now that are the biggest thing, we, we know that it'll never cut uh, militarism. Yeah. So, But the one that is going to be where it, you, they can't mess around with because if they don't pay interest on the debt and uh, even though the Fed owns a lot of the debt a lot of people around the world own it and a lot of countries own it so if we don't pay the interest and they say it is going to skyrocket in, in the next several years and there, there's no way we'll be able to pay for that other than uh, resorting to uh, inflating the currency that'll even a, more that'll be a wake-up call yeah, yeah. Well, let's move on to our last story and it, we'll just, just do a short one on this video it was interesting because RFK jr. held his first televised town hall. If we can put that next clip up, this is just, uh, it was from the American Thinker via Zero Hedge. Um, and this is what caught both of our attention. I didn't send it to you because I thought you probably would already have read it and thought this is interesting. But the great quote from this town hall was, quote, our country will start healing when the government tells the truth. And that's a great line. Yeah, and it's so inclusive uh, because about what? Just, just the principle all the time yeah. <clears throat> and uh, telling telling the truth is uh, probably uh, something that is abused more by governments than anybody any other entity uh, because they think that that they are privileged yeah. to do that they don't think and they not only that they think it's uh, shrewd you know well you can't let everybody know and and the bigger the empire of course uh, you, you know the more lying you have to do because to, to gain to get your empire you have to lie and use force and violence to maintain it has to be where if anybody says anything about it to interfere with the empire it's called treason yeah. and that's why we have you know uh, so many times of being charged with uh, treasonous acts by just merely demonstrating or saying things and uh, 
I know it's happened off and on throughout our history, but it's getting worse right now. And of course, it's very sophisticated in punishing people who are speaking out. And that's that this wokeism and the punishment uh, with the combination of social media and the government. It's that combination of big business and big government, and it's moving quickly. I thought maybe because it fails all the time, they'd back off. Uh, but right now, I guess it's still up for grabs on what uh, Budweiser uh, is yeah. going to happen and Bud Beer is going to do. But, yeah. but uh, you know, there is a market out there, but uh, I think it's information, and that's the biggest job, and that's one of, one of our biggest challenges is try to get our information out. Yeah, for sure. Well, News Nation Network held this 90-minute uh, town hall, and Elizabeth Vargas, I remember her from a long time on there, she was the host of this and she tried to do the usual mainstream journalist gotchas um, but what I what struck me with the, the few clips I did not watch the whole thing but the few clips that I watched and she did it with vaccines and we don't have we don't have a clip of this but but RFK I think handled it very well but she also did it with Trump and I think because a lot of people who are tempted to like RFK they're being trashed by people saying oh you know he's just like Trump uh, Trump likes him he must be evil and so she was setting the whole thing up for him to be able to trash Trump, and he had a different response. I wouldn't mind playing the 44 seconds of that last clip if you want to put your earpiece in, Dr. Paul, and listen to what uh, Robert F. Kennedy said when they're trying to get him to trash talk Trump. You say that you're a Democrat, um, but you're getting a lot of support from a lot of leading voices on the right, like Steve Bannon, Tucker Carlson, Alex Jones, former President Donald Trump. Many Democrats fear that you're a spoiler in the race, that you will damage President Biden in the primary and grease the skids for former President Trump to return to the Oval Office. This week, former President Trump said about you, Kennedy is smart and he's a common sense guy. What kind of man do you think Donald Trump is? Well, you know, here's what I'm not gonna do in this race. I'm not gonna attack other people per personally. I don't think it's good for our country. And I think, you know, what I'm trying to do in this race is bring people together, is to try to bridge the divide between Americans. And guess what? The There we go. I'm not going to trash talk people. I'm, my goal here is to bring people together. And later on, she asked him about Biden, and he said, you won't hear me saying bad things about President Biden. I'm not going to attack him as a man. The article went on to say, instead, Kennedy said he's focused on policy disagreements, such as his differing views on war, censorship, and COVID lockdowns. Reminds me of somebody else that I remember as a politician who said, I don't want to get involved with this name calling. Yeah, but unfortunately, that's where you get the attention. And you say, well, they're just bad people saying those things. No, it's uh, it's the audience out there that sort of likes to hear those battles. Yeah. And I've talked to you just to talk about it. And I said, you know, I like to talk about this issue, this versus this issue, rather than saying this this person against this person yeah. and you and you said well you want more attention you have to name these people in the yeah. bank I, of course i will name people at times but i still i don't enjoy doing it that way because it in the, in the end you have to boil it down to you know good policy and bad policy good liberty bad liberty good money bad money all these things uh, have to be uh, and just you know how, how can you say biden and trump oh yeah well, that's very easy to be objective about that because uh, because it's so crystal clear 
here, <laughs> you know, but it's so emotional. And uh, that's why I don't like, I don't like yeah. that at all. And I hate, I hate all this yelling and screaming. And I had, I've never liked the interview where, where they don't do, if, and that was when yeah. you're a candidate, if yeah. you're doing well, it's more so. They, like they, 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 so they would say, <laughs> yeah, they, they interrupt yeah. uh, and they don't give you time. Every once in a while I do interviews now, which will be long. And the person doing it is doing a job and I'm enjoying the interview. Yeah. And the people who saw it right in and said, you know, at least they allow you to talk yeah. and give your, give your story. <laughs> you can challenge it without, remember the great Larry King. I mean, he could challenge you gently without being rude. That's right. You know? mm -hmm. Well, I guess if we're about ready to close out, I'm going to just thank our sponsor this month, of course, fourpatriots.com. The power grid in Texas is absolutely taxed to the max with our heat wave right now, and I'm sure that's the case in differing times of the year throughout the country. Our power grid is a disaster. It's set from the 1800s. They're gonna to try to spend billions to fix it, but you cannot rely on the government having it done on time. That's why the folks at 4 have some great things on offer, including the Patriot Power Generator 2000. It's quiet, it's safe, it does not emit fumes because it is solar and it's portable. Take it with you where you go in your RV or wherever you go. Use it when, if or when you run out of power. Uh, the great thing about the 4 people is that they will give Ron Paul Liberty Report viewers a 10% discount on these generators or anything else on their website when you go to 4 and use Ron as your code. There is a link already in the description of this program where you can click it and get your 10% discount from 4 Dr. Paul, I'm going to close out with a kind of a announcement-ish thing. Now, if we can move ahead to that picture of Biden and Zelensky, our two favorite people, I just want to say one thing. Now, this is an interesting article that I'm going to recommend to our viewers if we can search that up. I know it takes a while to get off of the other one. Here we go. So this is um, an article from the Gray Zone. All aboard the gravy train, an independent audit of U.S. funding for Ukraine. Now, we're not going to necessarily talk about this article today, but I do want to point out that the gray zone, in my opinion, is the go-to for investigative reporting. They are really the gold standard. They dig deep. And this article was written by Heather Kaiser, Anya Parampil, and Max Blumenthal. Now, I don't know Heather, but I do know Anya. I've known her for years, and I know Max, and we met him again at the uh, January peace rally, but Anya and Max are going to be at our conference on June 2nd giving a talk, and I'm looking forward to it because I think they are so dogged and they're so ferocious. If you could put that next clip up, this is what they did. They looked into U.S. money to Ukraine. They did a serious deep dive, and it's a long article. I recommend reading it, but I'm just going to read one thing to show the kind of work they do. U.S. taxpayers may be shocked to learn that as their families grappled with fears of Social Security's looming insolvency, the Social Security Administration in Washington sent $4.48 million to the Kiev government in 22 and 23 alone. In another example of bizarre spending, USAID paid off $4.5 billion worth of Ukraine's sovereign debt through payments made to the World Bank, all while Congress went to loggerheads over America's ballooning <coughs> national debt. And I highlighted this part. Western financial interests, including BlackRock, are among the largest holders of Ukrainian government bonds. 
So that is the information we need to know. Where is your money going? Yeah, it's going to weapons. <coughs> it's also going to BlackRock. And that's why if you do the next one, I recommend getting your ticket right now to our September 2nd conference, Which Way America. I have a link in the description. You're going to see Anya and Max. You're going to see Colonel Doug McGregor. You're going to see Ron Paul and other great speakers. We're really, it's a cliche, but we're at a crossroads and we need to make some serious decisions about where we're going as a country. And that's what we're hoping to facilitate, a discussion. So go to the description in here and get your tickets and join us in D.C., Dr. Paul. Very good. I want to talk a little bit about the opposition that we have to contend with because I think they see what they're doing in terms of and equal to a, a, a religious goal. They become very excited, not so much that they're religious themselves, but it, it becomes their religion. And I think there's, there's a substitute for it. They, they, they have to have something to substitute nihilism for and most of the time it's sort of this wokeism and uh, in doing that they have to cancel out truth they have to cancel out the whole idea that there is natural law just look at what they did with covid and and natural immunity and they cannot sit idly by and let people who have religious beliefs and moral beliefs and nonviolent beliefs where they reject all sense of initiation of violence, that won't work because everything government does is the use of violence essentially. is very rarely, you know, the principles of the Department of Justice pretty good principles, like I said in the opening, is uh, it's been undermined. They've destroyed that because they can't exist when people are taking over these basic principles. And this is the reason why I think we have to understand exactly what the enemy is all about. It's philosophic and it is something that has to remove the system that has taught things about morality and, and limited government. And that is the reason that so many people are looking for other sources and unfortunately power has been gravitating to the opposition to the principles of liberty but I think there are a lot of cracks there they talk about cracks with the Russians but I see there's there's a lot of cracks in the opposition to what we're saying yes we have a long way to go and uh, yeah we don't have to measure it by the number of people we have in the US Congress we have to just measure measure the sentiment of the people who are getting sick and tired of the overreach of our government and abusing our personal liberties I want to thank everybody for tuning in today to the Liberty Report Please come back soon.